date to your potential, inspiring, educating, and empowering single members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our hosts are Peggy Matheson, betrayal trauma recovery expert, and Sharon Collier, certified life and relationship coach. Hello, everyone. It's a gorgeous Monday morning here in Utah. Um, Today, super excited about this subject. We are talking about some of our blind spots, some of the blocks that we aren't seeing in our relationships. Do you What's think blocking you've got us? them? Yeah. Yes. A lot of people don't think they've got them. Oh. I'm sorry. That's a part of being on the planet. Everybody yes. has them. Especially <laughs> in our situations where we've been married before and we got stuff. navigating this dating world again. I have them. I'm trying to figure them out still. Oh my gosh. You were sharing a story with me, which I appreciate, which, which, Sharon's going to share a story as an example for us, but it's, I wanted to do a podcast on this because I have so many times run into people that are acting like everybody else has problems and they don't. Yes. (laughs) And it's like, we all have our stuff. We all have our blocks. The question is, what are you doing or are you willing to look at them? Are you willing to see them? So we're going to, we're kind of unravel some of this stuff today and we're going to give you a model of how to take the first steps to unblock yourself, to, to look at these blind spots and to do something about it. It's very empowering. And right up front, let's just reiterate that we're life coaches we are not therapists. This is not intended as therapy. And so let's start with humility. I think we need, we have got to have some humility to be able to look at some of our stuff. So Proverbs 29, 23, a man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Mm. And, um, I bring this up partially because, and this was this was quoted in General Conference, this last General Conference, um, October of 23, 2023. Um, and this is one of the quotes from, it's from, what's it's from? Elder jo- Joni L, Johnny L. Koch, Koch, Koch. Anyway, um, so he says, some people confuse being humble with other things, such as, for example, being poor. But there are actually many who are poor and prideful, and also many who are rich and yet humble. Others who are very shy or have low self-esteem may have an outward appearance of humility, but deep inside are full of pride sometimes. You know, I've seen that where um, in myself and in others where our wounding is, where we feel like prickly and triggered and or a victim and other people always doing things to us or things are just you know the system isn't working or the singles world is terrible you know whatever those things are and underneath that often is some pride yeah and unwillingness to look at our part and unwillingness to look at what I can do to actually change my situation and to see the world differently so why why do we have these blocks? What is it that's creating them? Well, most of us have some core woundings. And these may not be from things that happened to you as a child. And they usually happen in childhood. Right. But they may be stories that you've 
told yourself or or implications you've taken or ideas yes. that you've decisions taken, you've decisions you've made about, you've made about yourself about based yourself, on your experiences. Based on your experiences. Yes. And when you're a child, you don't have all the information. No. And you're so you're kind of creating this from a very un um, evolved individual. Right. And unfortunately those are unconscious usually. Uh, oh yeah. And and they're almost always unconscious. And so when we're talking about blocks, it's usually something that's not conscious. We don't see it. Right. And so these core woundings can happen. To, they've happened to all of us. We all have them. And so we're driven by these. They drive what's happening. Sharon, will you share your story that you were sharing <laughs> with me before? So we can kind of, it kind of lays the foundation for where we're going here. Well, I always... We were talking about looking at other people and seeing our stuff. I do look at other people. Um, I have a friend who goes quickly to anger, and I always wonder, like, what happened to you? Right. Well, like, what, where's what's unresolved in you your know, life? Yeah. You know, and I've never noticed a pattern of when she does it, but she might. Um, because I just recently did. I, I often wonder, you know, I had a rough childhood. And, I mean, and a, and a lot of us did. Um but nothing about my childhood would I say is normal. Uh-huh. You know, I'm, you know, mom wasn't a stay-at-home mom. Mom had OCD and all sorts of other things going on. She was a hoarder, which was part of the OCD. She spent all my dad's money. They would beat each other up usually in the morning, you know, <laughs> for her to get money from my dad. He had to take her off the checking. I mean, there was so many, so many just... Crazy just crazy on. things. And I would look at other families and go, wow, what would that be like to be yeah. normal? You know? So anyway, so I've noticed a lot of missing pieces to the puzzle lately. There's things I'm overly emotional about. There's things that there's just a missing, a missing piece. And, but and, you said something to me earlier about why you're like, you've been praying. Yes. So find, I did. So she's, ha you've been self-reflective and going, what is it within me? Yes. You've had the humility to reflect. Yes. And no, that's been my main point of praying is where am I missing this piece of the puzzle? And just out of nowhere, it was an advertisement for like better me, mental health. I don't know where they were just, they had little, they were flashing different little traumas that we get as a child, as an inner child. And one came up and said injustice trauma. And I went, wait, what? <laughs> injustice trauma and I looked at the symptoms and I'm like yeah well and it, when I looked it up it this was mostly like oppressed you know black people you know that don't have a choice but yet they're they feel like the world is in unjust to them I mean so there's like this core there were different core people that this was happened to it wasn't Sharon as a child whose sister was on the spectrum and nobody knew what the spectrum was, but my sister behaved badly all the time, but got rewarded for it. Oh. And I never got rewarded for being good. Oh. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, we just appreciate that you are a good girl and that you come home on time and that you have friends and that mm. you're social. And, and I was trying to be as normal as possible under the circumstances. And, and that was never appreciated. That was never appreciated. Then I never caused any trouble. Wow. But when my sister was acting up, we'd both be in trouble. We'd both get sent to our room. 
because we shared a room. We spent a lot of time in that room together and it was an injustice. And I felt that. And I, and I, to this day, still have a temper tantrum when, (laughs) when something's not fair, you know, and everybody's like, Sharon, life is not fair. And I got that, but I didn't understand how badly it was really affecting me. If you know me, I'm pretty even keel. I don't, I'm not mean tempered. I, I don't go to that very often. And, but when I do, it's when something is unfair. So some little tiny Facebook advertisement (laughs) Just clued me in to my childhood trauma. Wow. And you were praying for it. Yes. You were looking for it. You were open to it. Those are really important qualities to have as we're trying to move forward and and clear those blocks, those things that are keeping us from living a happy, fulfilling life. But that's the, the, the thing is, so I, I knew something was off. Right. And most of us feel that way and push it aside and ignore it. Yeah. You know, I can have a positive attitude. I'm going to start my gratitude journal again. I'm going to do all these things. And it's like, no, something is wrong. Something is wrong. And we need to identify that. You know, it's so interesting because I do see people, they say, you know, I have my stuff. I know it's my stuff. (laughs) And then nothing ever happens. Right. And, and part of that is because we, um, a lack of awareness or we have not built the strength within us to face those things. So we can do things like projecting them on other people. So you talked about sometimes we can see other people's stuff, yes. right? And sometimes that means that's that's our stuff too, because we're not looking at within ourselves. So we project it like somebody's a movie screen and because our mm-hmm. psyche, we have to deal with yes. it somehow. Yes. So we have to put it out on someone else if we aren't willing and able to look at it ourselves. But this is where the magic can happen. If we will look at it and go, oh my gosh, this is a piece for me to look at. There's some core piece here that's keeping me from being happy, free, fulfilled, and I keep ruminating about it, thinking about it, talking about it. You've had friends where they talk about the same kinds of things yes. over and over again. Yes. It's like, okay, that's your piece. Yes. It's not everybody else's problem. Right. 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 So um, being aware and having the humility to start asking questions and really honestly look at yourself is a really, really important part of clearing those blocks that are keeping you from happy relationships. Isn't that awesome? You actually have some power to do something uh, well, about this. It is awesome. And it's, it, we're not always conscious of our patterns is right. the thing. And they're unconscious, you know? Yeah. But if we really look at ourselves, I knew, I knew I was the fair person. I'm a Libra, which is the scale and the balances. And, and I admitted to myself, I just hate it when things aren't fair. But I didn't really realize that that was a block. What helped you to realize it was a block? Praying about it and seeing this little article was like, I looked at the symptoms. One of the symptoms was back and chest pain. If you know me, I'm always having a heart attack. I always have chest pain. (laughs) I'm like, why is my chest being funny? My chest is always funny. You know, it was like, this is a problem. This is a clue. But you know what? Heavenly Father wants to help us through these things. Yes. And so he brings them to us. So unfair things happen to me because he's saying, okay, you need to get through this little childhood trauma of yours. I never identified that it was that big of a problem, but I know it's that big of a problem. That's awesome. I mean, you, you're, you're using different awarenesses to come 
and prayer, humility to say something's missing here, something's off here. To say that in and of itself is an act of humility and to be willing to, to listen and see what that, that is. And sometimes the pain can be so great, it's hard for us to look at it. You talked about triggers, and I wanted to just reiterate, when we see things in others or in our world around us that keep us ruminating, struggling, frustrated, emotionally um, hooked in, those are that's our work. That's our stuff. Yeah. That's the that's invitation. Our those are injuries. That's the invitation to go, okay, what can I do about this? What is this about? To, to, to take it to the Lord and say, or take it to a coach or take it to a therapist and say, this is what keeps coming up for me. Right. I can't let go of this. You know, and you've talked to people and I've talked to people. I'm sure everyone's talked to people that have kind of themes in their life. Yes. Those themes yes. are often showing us where our wounding is and where our work is, it points us to the unconscious work that we need to do. Well, sometimes we are conscious of it. We just don't think it's that big of a thing. And I just want to, I just want to re just say something here. Um, our fears are different than our phobias. When people are like, Oh, I'm not really afraid of anything. Are you talking about your phobias or your fears? Because most of our bad behavior is fear-based. Most of our, our, um, our, tr our triggers, all, all, all of all the behaviors that we don't find appealing in ourselves are all fear-based, but not phobia-based. Right. Like I have a horrible phobia of snakes. I will probably die from a rattlesnake bite because I will freeze. Right. <laughs> and, right. And you that's know, a different so, kind of fear. You know, that's because, a different yes. thing. We're not talking about yes. that. Thanks just, for just to clarify. That. So, so how is it that we're blocking ourselves? Well, we've already talked about some of it. We're projecting our stuff onto other people. Other people, our anger shows up in other people. Like you said, your friend that's mm -hmm. always pointing out about other people being angry and stuff. That's her way of not facing her own anger, whatever right. that is, unresolved. So that's called projection. Projection. We also tell stories. So we are storytellers as right. human beings. We like to, to make sense of what happens to us. And we do it in the form of stories. Right. So we tell stories to explain and give meaning to everything that goes on in our lives. Yeah. So our stories are um, explanations. And if and if events. you if you don't acknowledge the stories, I just want to just give an example. Yeah, let's get some examples. Uh, so of what like, stories are. Um, I was going to a wedding this weekend, and I had in my head already what the venue looked like. Like walking into the venue and finding my friends in a wedding reception full of people. The venue looked nothing like what I had told myself in my head. Like the visual of any of it. It was actually in an old historic home, which was fantastic. But it was nothing like a, a wedding venue that I would have, that I had in my head. So we literally tell ourselves little tiny stories all the time. And we Absolutely. don't really realize it, you know? It was like, oh, look at this venue. Okay, that wasn't the venue that I had in my head. Right. You know, but this is what we just do. Right. And so some of the stories that I've heard, and I've had my own stories too, um, are I'm invisible. Yes, that's like, a common one. nobody sees me. Like I go to singles activities and nobody sees me. Now, there are areas and places in your life where I'm sure you are seen. 
where people do talk to you, where you are seen. So that's not really a true story, right? Right. Or marriage is bad or relationships are bad. Yes. So we know that there are marriages that are not bad. There are relationships that do work. So that is a story. Yes. We take it as truth, right? So then another one that I hear is, and I've had for myself, and I've had to really rewind this story and, and do what I've, what I'm going to show you, we, you can do at the end of this. I'm going to give you the model. Um, men only want women who are younger than them. Like they go for all the blondes, all the ones right. who are or petite, the skinny, yeah, the skinny girls. <laughs> you know? Yes. And the truth is if I look around, I go, well, that's not true at all. I mean, how many times no. have I seen a man go after a woman who's a little plumpy and she's yeah, not maybe creamy. necessarily attractive yeah. in a way that I would think she would need to be attractive, you know? So there are, there's data out there. There's evidence out there yes. to say, this is not a true story, right? Right. So the stories we tell ourselves are keeping us from what we really want. So we're going to talk about how to, how to deal with that. The other thing that happens, and so much of this comes from storytelling, but it's self-sabotaging behavior. Yes. Right? How have you seen people self-sabotage? Oh. <laughs> so a lot of it in dating. Are we, we're talking about dating, yeah, right? Yeah, let's so, talk about dating. Yeah. Um, chasing the unavailable is a big one. Chase, chase, chase. This person isn't interested, but you're going to win them over somehow. No. Right. No. This, this is a big, this is a big, big thing. And I'm going to add to that a little bit. It's, it can be, you tell a story about yourself, about this person. Yes. About how awesome they are and they're everything you've ever wanted. And so you keep going for them and they're not available. They are turning yeah. you away. E- even though you think in your brain they're perfect for you or right. they're perfect in every way. It's like this person is not perfect for you. They're literally rejecting you time and time and time again, probably to the point they're tired of it. So chasing or, or if you're chasing in not an obvious way, this you're in your brain chasing them. Right. <laughs> you, you keep, you've, you've got your sight set on them. You've got your sight set on a type and, of person and nobody else. Right. And so you're chasing in your brain this person, even though maybe you haven't asked them out. It is a thing. Another one is running from a perfectly healthy person and not giving them a chance. Pushing healthy people away. Yes. And it may be because it feels like it may either feel like too comfortable or uncomfortable. It's like you're or you're like, I just just they don't do anything for me. Because, right, because your psyche, your wounding is wanting validation for the beliefs you've had from that all your life, yes. and that can create some kind of drama, tension, a pull, uh, you know, yes. that kind of thing. And when you meet a healthy person, it's like, yeah, right. Yeah. It's not hooking into all that stuff. No, it's well, it isn't. Like you said, it's not validating all the negative, so, all the negative that you've that you've once had. So it is an it, it is a place of discomfort it's like what's going on this person this person's too healthy (laughs) right you know yeah so another thing we can do is hanging out with the wrong people or hanging out with people that you're never going to get anywhere with yeah it's always just going to be friends you're always surrounding you know surrounding yourself with comfort surrounding yourself with the things that make you feel 
supported, but they're really never going to take you anywhere in terms of finding, you know. I think my my son does this. I have my my third oldest. Um, He hangs out with people on purpose that he, I would say he's a step above. Oh, so nobody that will challenge him. Nobody that challenges him. No, the, nobody that's better than him. You know, and that's a trauma response. Why yeah. would you not want to, um, I think Joel Olstein once said why, you know, it's like the, you want to fly with the eagles, not sit with the chickens. Right. You know. And, and this may be because yeah. you're, you're struggling with facing that you don't feel good enough. So if you're yeah. in a group of people that you've, that are not as capable as you, then you right. feel like the top dog, right? That, yeah. So then, if you actually, um, I have a, a close, fr- a close relationship that, um, she's talked to me about this too. Why do I always live below my, my capacity in my relationships? Yeah, why do potential. I, why am I always, yeah, yeah. my potential, mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. being matched in my relationships. And that's a point to her work. Mm-hmm. That's pointing at what is it about me that I'm believing that I can't see or think that I'm not right. That's driving all it's of like, this. Where did the low self-esteem come from? Because right. that's, I where mean, that's the, really where it's based. That's the, that's the, where it's sitting. Right. I'm playing the victim. And this is, this is a big one. You know, underneath that victimhood is pride because yeah. we get to control things. If we get to play the victim, it's like, it's more of a control thing. Right. So things like, you know, complaints about the singles world and nobody ever sees me and you know I can't get a date to I can't save get my a life date, you know or the, yes. or people are always telling me what to do and you know it's it's interesting cuz you can read things online and you can see the victimhood yes. pretty quick the blind spots pretty quick um, but that's their comfort zone because then they don't have to do anything. Right. Because, you know, I, I do a lot just of... just looking for validation in their in their, in, victimhood. In their victimhood. Yeah, I do a lot of online classes and I'll usually open it up to a Q&A. And so someone will ask a question and I'll say, hey, group, you know, like, let's help her out with this problem. And... Um, and we give all sorts of solutions because, you know, we're all fixers, right? right? Whether we're broken or injured or not, we're all fixers. And everybody, yeah, but but that's not going to work because of this. And yeah, but, and I literally will call people out and say, you have a problem for every solution. Like that's you right. really do not want the a answer. solution. Yeah, you, you don't, don't you want to sit and complain about it because that's easy to do. You can say, yes, there's a problem, but there is not one thing. Guess what? There's always something you can do about it. You know, here's another thing that I was, as you said that this triggered, this triggered this, some people will look at like, maybe like this podcast, this episode, and they'll say, oh, I don't do that. I don't do that. I don't do that. And then they won't actually look, they'll only look at all of the, the things that they're comfortable looking at and they'll, they'll use it as justification that like I'm doing this and I'm doing that, but then they're still not getting the results they want. And that's that can be part of the problem too. So, um, when we talked about triggers, like when you were, um, talking about your injustice trauma or whatever. So that was kind of what I call in shadow. That was in the back. Like when you stand in the sun, the shadows behind you, you can't see it, right? Right. You can't see the full thing. So some things can be in shadow, um, that are, that are, trauma related or wounded related, but some of, sometimes 
when we project onto people like, oh my gosh, they're so, they're always so, look so good, or they always are so intelligent. Oh, I just, I wish I was like them, you know, and we only see good in other people. That also can be a way of not looking at our own good. Right. We haven't owned the good in us. We haven't owned the gold is what I call it. All right. of the great stuff. Like, you know, like maybe I haven't owned that I'm a great speaker. I'm just always looking, oh, I wish I was a You're good right. speaker like someone right. else. They'd they always do so such a good job. They're so comfortable and they're always so well prepared. And, and I'm like, oh, I feel bad about myself, you know, because, but maybe that can be a projection too of things, of the good things we are not owning in ourselves. Well, so our brain is developed for us to look at the negatives. Yeah, it's the part of the yeah, being on the planet, right? you know. It's, you know, well, and it's part of our fear system. Yeah, in, and the physical our, body, and yeah. yes, but our brain's like our um, amygdala, right? It's the warning it's, system. It's our fight, flight, freeze. But I call her Amy because <laughs> right. amygdala starts with A M Y. But I have to say, I watched a TED talk where somebody else called her Amy too. So I was feeling really clever. <laughs> And I was like, oh, like, so I'm not the greatest, but that's all right. I didn't make that up. I, I mean, I did. But anyways, later on, I saw that and I went, oh, maybe I'm not the only one know. that made that up. Right? I, yeah. Anyways, um, Amy's really negative because that is part of our protection system. Yes. And so this is why we can so easily go to the negative. If we go to an event and kill it, I'm just going to use this as an example. The Orange County Singles Conference. Uh-huh. Um, I got so many compliments after people came up and asked me questions. After and I you spoke. After I spoke, yeah. After, after I taught a class. And um, compliments everywhere. And that was so much fun and so informative and, and all this stuff. And one lady came up to me and she goes, I wish I could help you with your PowerPoint. It needs to be more sexy. <laughs> and literally the next time I did a PowerPoint, I'm like, what do you guys think? Isn't this sexy? Like... <laughs> I'm like playing with the the animations and stuff. And I'm like, I was told, I was told it needs to be more, my presentation needs to be more sexy. She didn't like my PowerPoint. That's what I focused on out of, out of everything, out of all the accolades and everything that I got. You focused on that one negative. I, I focused on the one negative and it was like, are you dumb? Like, you know, but that was good. You took it to improve, but to focus on it. Yeah. And to ruminate about it. But and, yeah, but no, that's every time I sit down to do a PowerPoint, every time I teach a class and do a PowerPoint, I'm like, how can I make this more sexy? Who cares? <laughs> you know, it's black and white. My presentations are black and white. They're just, it's not distracting. You know, it's not sexy, but it's not distracting with all sorts of colors and patterns and anyways, but we tend to ruminate on the negative. It's easier. It is. It's, it's easier. easier to be on that negative, which is part of the reason why the gospel is trying to be so positive, faith-based. Yes. You know, moving forward, you know, with 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 a positive vision for the future, with believing that we're a child of God, all of that. Yes. Because that's countering the fallen world that we live in and the the fear-based brain. Yeah. So... So good to know that that's, that's, that that's a very natural, oh yeah, a natural way of being. And, and that part of our goal is to rise above that. Yes. Well, literally they talk about rewiring your brain. Like that's what the gratitude journal is all about. You know, that's what all this positive thinking and positive affirmations is all about is rewiring ourselves to not 
think about our not sexy PowerPoint, <laughs> right? Is to think about everything, all the positives that just happened. Yes. You know? And then there's, then I like to think of this as, um, like if you see a, just a, a circle as a head and then a body drawn, you know, a sketch, yeah. we've got, we've got what's coming into arrows into the head, which is the positive affirmations or right. the negative thoughts or whatever it is and then we've got in the body actually in the core we've got these drivers that are core woundings that create beliefs that create stories and those are coming up and they clash yeah and so we have what i call two opposing prayers we've got this prayer of oh i'm good i've got i've got this you know i can do this i'm a great speaker and then we've got this no, you're not. I'm not good enough. I life isn't fair or whatever right, it is, right? right? Yes. Going yes. on. And so to be aware of that is a really great first step. So um so let's go back to stories. Like I said, we tell stories, we're storytellers, and and if we can start to recognize first of all the stories we tell ourselves. That's going to be a really great step. So the stories we tell ourselves create emotions, and then we take action from them. And I call this S-E-A, stories, emotions, actions. C, this like is how we ocean. see. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is how, this is the sea of the ocean, or this is, and it's not S-E-E, but this is kind of how we, yeah. we see li- the world based on our stories, then we have an emotion, and then we have we take action yes. based on that. So back to how are we going to start seeing the blocks and the things that are keeping us from, the, those blind spots that are keeping us from this. So I have a model that I want to share with you. It's okay. not a model that I created, but it's a model. And the first thing we need to do is when we is recognize, okay, I'm triggered or something's going on or some boundary was crossed or something, right? Right. I am feeling something here. So let's go with what's the data. The data is just what you can see like on a video. If you had taken whatever that action was or whatever that memory was or whatever that scene was that happened maybe triggered you, um, play it on a, on a camera, play it on the movie, you know, replay it. And what can you see in here? Right. Okay. Touch, taste, smell, you right. know, all of all that. Of That's the data. Mm-hmm. You know, I've talked about this before you, you know, they walked in the door. Um, they walked in really fast. They turned around, they shut the door really loud in a very quick amount of time. They looked at me and their brow was furrowed and their mouth was turned down. That's the data. Right. Okay. The story is they are angry. They're mad. Yes. They are really um, um, coming after me. They're going to come and get me. Right. And it could be that they're sad and they just can't handle it. Right. So there's a different story going on. Right. So the data, we need to understand what's the data. And then look at the story uh, about about what that we're telling about. Right. It, right. Right. And um, also touch on the emotions. What? How am I feeling? This is part of emotional intelligence. Breaking these down, kind of pulling it apart, and going, "This is what happened. This is the story I'm telling myself." 
And then the, this makes me feel, I feel, I feel anxious or I feel angry or I feel scared, you know, and part of feeling, I'm going to review this again is where are you feeling it in your body? Take a deep breath. What does it feel like? Kind of describe it. This is helping you with self-knowledge and helping you to understand the story. So let's go back to the story. The story I'm telling myself is that this person came in the door and they're, they're mad. Yeah. And maybe they're going to hit me. Or that you or, did something wrong. Or that you did something you, wrong. You maybe know, that's yes. the belief. Yes. So from this story, what's the belief? What is it that we're taking from this? Oh, that I'm, that I'm in trouble, that I've made a mistake, oh, that I'm not. That I'm, and then you, you, you start to unravel this and you start to say, well, wait, is, is that true? Did I, did I make a mistake? Did I? But a lot of times we don't, we don't question it. We just went, oh, I did something wrong. We just buy into it. Yes. We just believe the story. Yes. And we believe the belief, you know? And so the, the, the model is for you to start unraveling this. Yes. Start asking some question, questions. And the first one is, is this true? Am I, am I not good enough? Am I? not safe? Am I, um, am I, have I done this wrong? Yes. You know, and start asking the questions and then I, I, it's what I call a drill down. And then you say, okay, well, if that's, if that's not true, what else do I believe? And then you start unraveling the beliefs. Well, well, maybe it's this. Well, is that true? What, what does that mean for me? What does that mean for my life? And you start asking these questions. Right. Start self-reflection. And even if you get to a point, and, and notice how you're feeling as you do this. Because if you start to unravel and you go, oh, well, that's not really true, you'll notice that your body will calm down. So there may be a piece where you get stuck there, and that's maybe where you need to seek some professional help. Or you need to talk to someone. You need to say, hey, this is coming up for me. Right. What can I, you know, and and s- start to work on that. And that will help you. That is a beginning point to help you to see your blocks. Yes. And to unravel them and to start to move through your life in a different way. It's just like, am I, and being invisible is something that I have dealt with, that belief. Right. I think everybody feels that yeah, in some time yeah. in their life or and another. I, and sometimes it'll come up again. Even if you do a lot of work, sometimes it'll come up again. But the self-awareness and being willing to like do this model and look at it again. Right. Is this true? No, this isn't true. People see me all the time. I get comments on Facebook. People always talk to me at church. You know, right. you know what right. I mean? And you start to change the story. So this is something... I, people who are good journalers do this. If you're If you're a... If you're a spreadsheet person, put it in a spreadsheet. <laughs> That's a great idea. You know, there's there's ways that you can look at it. And I used to be a big journaler and I'm not anymore. So I usually journal after I have the epiphany, you know, uh-huh. but writing things down helps you Super see important. patterns. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my journal is, is gold. Um, for me, because I look back and I can see things. I can see where I've made progress. I can see where I get tripped up over and over again. Yes. But yeah. So that's the model. The model is check out what's the data, what's the story I'm selling myself, what's yes. the emotion around it, and then start to unravel that. Start to pull it apart. Start to ask questions. Right. The self reflection piece. And like I said, 
you may not psychologically have the strength to face some of these things yet. And so reach out and get some help. Um, reach out to a trusted friend or, you know, start talking about it. Start journaling about it. Yes. Start to open yourself up to what is this about? And just know that this is an ongoing process. Oh, Sharon and sure. I are always doing this stuff. Oh yeah. And sometimes we're avoiding doing this stuff. Well, you and know, that's normal that's human. too. Like but who wants it's, to it's a process. Life is a journey. This yes. will always be, this will be such a great skill for you to start building for yourself. So back to the beginning, blind spots. How are you going to take what's showing up in your life right now that you're not happy with or that you feel unsettled about? Yes. Or whatever that is, it's not feeling super peaceful. And, and, and take this step to self-reflect to, to look at how you're showing up in the world, look at those things and start to take some action to help yourself. Yes. To unblock these blind spots. You can do it. It's very possible. Well, and then don't think you have to solve all your problems at the same time. That no. is overwhelming. One at a time. One at a time. One Just a baby time. steps. Yep. Baby steps is the way we move. And this is forward. the glorious thing about coaching. A lot of people don't know the difference between coaching and therapy is that, is that we help you break it down. Yeah. We help you break it down into and baby steps. And give you steps. baby steps. Yes. And you just start moving forward. And it's such a relief to know you don't have to do yes. the whole thing all oh, at once. Oh, yes, for sure. Anyway, so hopefully this is valuable for you. I hope you share it with people. I hope you get an aha. I hope you're looking at yourself going, hmm, how do I do this in my life? Because we're all are doing it. It may not be showing up right now and that's okay. Maybe things are great for you, but awesome. maybe there's going to come a point yep. where it's going to yep. start poking at you. Yep. So, all right. Until next time. Thanks. Thanks, Peggy. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and that it inspired you on your dating journey. Please share this with anyone you think might benefit from what you've heard today and click the button to follow us. You can reach either Sharon or I at datetoyourpotential.com. We work with people who are single or married. We want you to know you are not alone. We support you. We are in this with you.